Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Thinking Reimagined. We're joined today by the Bature co-founder and director, and of course, Nifemi, my co-host, is with us this afternoon. Welcome, Nifemi. Welcome, Dr. Amma, and welcome everyone to the Thinking Reimagined podcast. Uh, usually, you know, most businesses are built for profit, but growing issues of the environment and sustainable development have now given rise to the concept of sustainable entrepreneurship. And that's what we're talking about on this episode. Uh, the business strategy that focuses on increasing value for society, the environment, as much as for the company and business itself. Like Dr. Ama said, Pris Bengal Guntayo has joined us, founder Yoyede Foods, director with Baturi Buri, is also chairperson Live Abundantly. Pris has spent a quarter of a century in the downstream petroleum retail industry, is now in food and beverage. Kevin Conroy, entrepreneur and investment consultant, is co-founder of Nigeria's first craft Buri, Baturi. Yinka Oyegoke, entrepreneur, sustainable trade advocate, communications expert, and coach, is co-founder of the Africa Sustainable Trade. You heard our voice first, Dr. Ama, immediate uh, past chairperson of the British Business Group Nigeria, currently chairperson Africa Sustainable Trade, which she co-founds. Welcome aboard, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Or let's say ladies, just in case there are other ladies also joining us virtually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so please be free, to, be free to raise your hand if you have a thought while another person is speaking. We'd like to keep the conversation here <clears throat> very spontaneous. So we understand that companies considering uh, environmental and social aspects are today considered um, to be innovative. But making profit is still key to any thriving business, right? Doesn't sound as simple as it seems. So let me ask the entrepreneurs here. Who wants to go first? What are the, what are the, uh, 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 perhaps we should begin by just um, exhausting what the biggest challenges today are for sustainable entrepreneurship and the opportunities for uh, sustainability focused businesses, Dr. Tama. You know, Nifame, before we dive into that, I want to really um, thank Kevin and uh, Binga for joining us today. Many people don't know this, but the very first episode of Thinking Reimagined was actually at Baturi Brewery. So this is really um, a chance for us to host an organization that gave us a platform for our launch. It was also the first time that we were actually in a public space and I hope that Baturi will welcome us back to another um, public uh, podcast in the months to come. So thank you very much 
And um, this is our third season and it means a lot to us to, to have you join us on this platform virtually. Well, thank you. And it really speaks to the whole story of sustainability because when you think about it, we started, we approached you and asked if we could host our podcast at um, the Batura venue. And because of the way you have built the business, you encourage community to come in and have events there. You have intergenerational um, audience at Baturé, and you include the, the community and environment in much of what you do. And really, when you think about sustainable businesses, we're looking at impact. What is the impact of their business? All businesses want to thrive financially, but what is the impact? The long-term sustainability um, is very crucial. So I actually believe that this question should be turned over to um, one of the other entrepreneurs is here, um, either Kevin or Wenger or um, Yinka, which of you would like to start the conversation today? When when I think of entrepreneurship, right, I, I think of what is the what is the old version of entrepreneurship? What happened before that? And if we go back to it, it will be called a business person, right? Um, and I think the difference between a business person and an entrepreneur is that in the old days, you're buying X, ginger, at $1, and you want to sell it for $10, right? If you get a good margin, right? An entrepreneur perhaps says, I've got this ginger, how can I add value to it? So I think of that because I think an entrepreneur's brain is always thinking, how can we solve a problem? And when you go from a point of solving a problem, then you're not just only making profit ultimately, but you're also adding value. So I think of my, my, my two-year-old who hates ginger now that we're talking about it, right? But if I put it with bananas and strawberries and, and, and make a smoothie, right? and put the ginger in, I get it to have the ginger, and I get it to, you know, so that's the kind of the analogy that kind of describes the old model of being business versus entrepreneur. And I think that when we add sustainability to it, ultimately as a business, you have to be sustainable. And it's no longer just about profit. We have to protect the planet. It has to be good for people, like I always say, it has to be good for people, environment, and make profit on there right and sometimes not everyone wants to profit but they want to serve a community so that is probably my 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 intro take on kevin i know you'd like to go next um uh, uh, particularly when you consider that baturi prides itself in putting uh, the subcontinent on the map for some of the you know what you call <clears throat> best and most unique beers in the world and you also did say that while doing that, you're building on eco-friendly, community-focused, and part employee-owned craft brewery. That's, um, I think that's the icing on the cake. So you want to speak to uh, the essence of sustainability in, the, in itself and how you've been able to pull this through. Yeah, uh, th thanks very much for having us on on the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Um, and thanks for the for reminding me of what the ambitions of the business were a year ago when we last spoke, because sometimes implementation can get in the way. And just to your first point there, you know, if you're running a business and it's not successful or it doesn't indeed make an income and a profit, then you're not going to be sustainable. So that is definitely has to be front and foremost in your business plan, regardless of how environmentally friendly you would be. Um, and to go to Andy's point, you know, in some sense, 
some businesses will will just jump on fads and they'll want to create something that will sell quickly and move quickly, which could be fidget spinners or Tamagotchis or um, whatever's, whatever's moving quickly, make something, sell it quickly and then move on to the next thing, which is neither sustainable environmentally or indeed is the, the way the business wants to go. And then you've got other people in the longer other side of it who are, you know, working in agriculture or otherwise that are introducing um, bio-certified crops, um, climate resistant crops as well. So there's both extremes there. And we we fit somewhere in the middle in the sense that we, we want to be um, a for-profit business, yes, but putting at the heart of that a, a community and um, as much environmentally friendliness and sustainability as we can. But we also want to have an ambition of making a sustainable change in how people look at and appreciate not only beers in Nigeria, but Nigeria and West Africa as a center of excellence for products. Um, and of course, we are leading with our beer, which I'll just announce on this podcast, although I haven't officially announced it, is that we just won um, gold at the World Beer Championships 2023 last week, which was just um, significant to note that this beer now is recognized as the best stout in Nigeria as a gold level standard. And next week it will be competing in the global finals for the best beer in the world. So it is possible to do these things. So on the one hand, we are looking at a sustainable business that is changing people's views over a long period of time. On the other hand, we are looking at things such as how to use solar power, how to recycle as much as possible. And what's really key for the business is also our use of water, which I'm happy to talk a bit about uh, later on as well. Congratulations to Baturi, because this is these are the kinds of narratives that we keep highlighting, that it is possible to have good, positive success stories come from this continent. Very often, the stories that leave this continent are one of desperation and um, corruption, name it, the list is very long, but to have a, a, a stout that has been brewed from Nigeria using local produce, you know, freshly sourced produce, and to have it on a on an international global platform is commendable. Well done. Well done, Battery. And we're looking for more of these types of stories. Yeah, thank you. And it sounds like heaven is smiling to the bank while I teach. So congratulations <laughs> to the that. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I think something something jumped at me when you say that um, employees can co-own Bature. Did I get that right? Um, how does that work? Is it a vision? Is it being implemented? Perhaps Prince wants to speak to that. <clears throat> yeah, good afternoon, everybody. We have an employee ownership scheme that incorporates all members of the business from the waiting staff, production team, housekeeping, everybody. So long as there's a time period that you need to be employed in the business and you, you become part of that employment scheme. So as the business grows, Aside from your salary, you are also uh, you're also gaining investment in the business. As we grow further and dividends come, these will be shared in proportion with everybody that's partaken in the growth of the business. 
I think we might be the first company to have such a scheme in Nigeria. I'm not too sure, but it's something that we're very proud to do, to make sure that everybody knows they are part of the business. It doesn't belong to Kevin. It doesn't belong to Prince. It belongs to everybody. Better way to keep the employees around for a longer period of time when they know that um, they're not just working for someone, they're working for themselves. And uh, you know, it's a very laudable idea, I must say. Uh, uh, but let us um, just uh, be a little bit more practical here, because I know that we're talking to individuals who have done business at the sustainability level. You know, there's a long list of market opportunities like providing new products and services in some way uh, that reduce energy, in other ways, perhaps reduce the use of natural resources. Let's have some experience sharing in this regard, because, you know, I think it was um, um, Andy that mentioned, or Mr. Adegoke, Oyegoke rather, that mentioned earlier that sustainability is now the way to go. But help us break it down based on your experience in this light. How can a business owner, you know, begin to adapt their products and services in a more sustainable way without affecting returns uh, in their business? Um, thank you, Nifem. You always ask such good questions. And you make, make, make the... Uh... The brain cells go. Um, I had it twice at size now. <laughs> no, no, good stuff, good stuff. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I get called by clients. So my other hat is a, I'm a communications guy, right? And it's a restaurant. They've got four restaurants in London, right? Um, mixture of bakery and, and all of that. And he's like, and I get the call and say, okay, well, how, what can you do for us in terms of communication? And I said, how are you serving the community? He said, well, we've got these really good cakes. They're really good, they're the best. And we also have sushi and we have burgers and we have pizza. We're the only one on Kensington High Street that has, you can bring a family of four and have Sorry? Go ahead, please. You can bring a family of four and have sushi and, and pizza and great burgers in one place. Fantastic. Great. How are you serving the community, right? And he says, but we want to put out this food i said but you telling me it's great food but there's a sushi restaurant if i want sushi i go to the sushi restaurant if i want a burger i go to the burger restaurant if i want chicken i go to nando's right that's what people are equipped for the only way that i can be successful in doing communication for you is what are we doing for the community because that community, and that's why I love um, the the the, the Bureau of spreading spreading the company, making sure that everyone in it owns it. Because I said, look, communication is actually easy because it's about numbers. If we talk to the community, then the community are the same people that become your clients. How do we serve the community? So in Kensington, it's one of the nicer parts of London, but they have a homeless issue, right? So let's feed the homeless then I know that my communication is going to work. And then people come in because they want to be part of the movement, right? So I think that when we think about business versus entrepreneur, when we think about sustainability, it's very important to, to think of value first. A lot of times we go for money. How can we make money? But actually, 
it's on numbers because if I can provide value for 10 people, then I can provide value for a hundred or 10 of those people, then it becomes a hundred. I'm going to make money and I'm going to be sustainable because everybody, we're, 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 we're crowd. So it helps my communication. It helps the business and every it's, it's now inclusive. Right. I, I, it sounds like sustainable entrepreneurship is a mindset. It's, um, you, you know, kind of behavior. Um, it, it's a, it takes kind of skills to be able to, you know, think and see things clearly the way you've put it. Well, Kevin, you were saying something about water earlier. Yeah, the, when we, we build this business, we realize that we will have an impact on the environment with, with anything you do, whether you're buying a new pair of trainers or you're um, you know, buying a new car. Uh, for us, we made some decisions quite early up where we thought, right, what's the most environmentally friendly way to do things, but also benefits the business. And I think one great example of that is we chose aluminium cans over glass bottles. And many people were saying, oh, but glass bottles are recyclable. And we're like, yes, they are. But when you look at the resources used in the production of glass, the weight of it themselves, where you have to move it to the, the bottling site, then you have to clean sterilize them uh, using chemicals, then move them out, have them consumed, move them back again, clean, sterilize. Yes, the glass is recyclable, but actually the detrimental impact on the environment still, still is more so than aluminium cans. With aluminium cans, they are infinitely recyclable. So they can be, as long as that aluminium makes its way to a recycling plant, which there is in Nigeria, they have value. Um, uh, so they're, they're always picked up and recycled. Secondly, um, they are a lot lighter. So that when you're transporting them, you have less CO2 emissions when you're moving cans both to your facility to package, but also uh, out there as well. So we made that decision as a business that to go with cans is partly for that reason. Now, a lot of people didn't understand it or weren't really interested in that, but that's something, something that we decided. The next big task for us is water. So um, water use in, in beer making, even if you're very efficient, like a mega plant that you would see anywhere in the world is about eight liters of water to make one liter of beer. Um, but we also recognize in Nigeria, many people don't have access to clean water on a regular basis. So the big challenge for us is how do we reduce our water as much as possible through recycling, uh, reusing the water uh, um, in the cleaning process, we're using it in the, the sewage process as well. And to bring that ratio is re reduced as much as possible. And then how can we then commercialize or incentivize people to, to pay more for our beer, knowing that for every, um, say, 100 cans you buy, we will build a, a borehole or a water treatment center somewhere else. And that's, a, that's not something that's happening now, but that's something we have a vision to do as well, because we use so much water at the brewery. that that's one thing we would like to give, give back as well. And we would use that in a commercial sense in our marketing and, and plug into the community and say, yes, you're your beer costs 20 naira more or 100 naira more, but this is actually having more than just your consumption that you're enjoying. You're actually, by buying from us, you're, you're contributing to, to um, wider goals as well. So that's one of our ambitions that we put down for our expansion is to figure out how to use water more efficiently and, and launch a water access project as well. Because right now, I want... <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Emma. I just wanted to say, I don't know what, what people drink more, water or beer? <laughs> Go That's ahead. a very good question. Uh, I, I, know, I know at the brewery what they drink more of, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not across the country. 
<laughs> I, I was going to add that along with that, um, Bachelorette is very keen on um, greenery. So you, when you're at Bachelorette, unlike most places where you go and it's been stripped of plants and vegetation, you do see plants around and they also use very good sustainable um, material in terms of building the spaces that they use um, at the brewery. Um, one of the things that they have not mentioned, which is very critical uh, component of this is not only are they creating um, beer, I'm not a drinker, but I do recognize that people um, appreciate what they put forth, is the creative aspect. I mean, Baturi Brewery is known for entertainment and uh, they feature local artists. So when you think about the creatives, which is a huge um, export from the African continent, but they're really focused on bringing light to the local creatives that have not left the country, um, the grassroots, so to speak. And I think that's very critical, but also celebrating the culture. Um, and, and it's it's a, it's it's an integral part of Bature Brewery. So you can't look at it as a brewery that's manufacturing beer, and you know as as much as. Uh, so it's really important for us to look at the whole package because, again, going back to sustainability, yes, you can make profit, but that should not be the the goal. It's the intention behind the business that's important. It's the value that you're adding. Um, to the community. It is the actions that you're taking to make sure that not only are you offering opportunity for employment, but you're also developing the individuals that are part of your organization. Um, and it's one of the key reasons that uh, Africa Sustainable Trade was started is that so, many, so much is done in silos, but here you can look at a whole package and look at the nexuses, which is very important to us. And if you've ever been to Bature, and if you haven't, we invite you to come to Nigeria, there's ecotourism and, and be part of Bature, but even Africa Sustainable Trade is there, we're very keen on inter, intergenerational work platforms. Um, it's the reason why we have an intern who is 16 that's working with us, building those skills at a very early age. And I must say, we need to pay more attention to the youth because the youth have incredible ideas but we have to listen to them because they're the ones that are going to open up avenues and come up with um, visions that we have not even thought about. But opening up the mindset within the culture to recognize that there's some value, there is much value in giving youth an opportunity to speak, to participate, and to add to the economic development of the community and overall the country and the continent. Indeed, Dr. Ama. You know, the whole concept of uh, battery itself is a crazy one, a craft, uh, a craft beer in Nigeria, the first of its kind. And, um, you know, the fact that um, you are choosing. I know that we've had conversations in the past with Kevin in battery itself, and he told us the story about, um, you know, his um, family's um, history with Africa and the rest of it. But I want to speak to Prince because Prince makes... Um, be a lovable until you find out that he spent 25 years in the petroleum mm -hmm. industry. So each time I remember that, I say, guy, this guy has done <laughs> a quarter of century. You cannot, you cannot enjoy life like he's enjoyed life. You know, I peeped through his um 
Instagram page. And I mean, Prince is just living the life and enjoying himself. But uh, let's talk about how the business itself is thriving. I think it's been around for seven years thereabout. I remember reading somewhere uh, a few years ago about um, plants to produce between 40 to 50,000 liters. Prince, how has it been trying to expand and you know grab more of a market dominated by some really big brands? Okay, before I answer that question, I just want to add to the sustainability on our wastes. We do not um, dispose of our used grains by selling them. We have young farmers who we give the waste to for free, who are turning it into animal feed and fish feed. So our wastes are actually creating further businesses for other farming communities. And as we grow larger, the more waste we have, the more natural animal feeds we're producing. To your immediate question, how has it been? It's been very tough, but at the same time, very exciting. The ability to use indigenous spices and herbs and turn them into world-class beers with a fully Nigerian team. Our brewers are fully Nigerian, male and female. Head of quality control is a young lady. So it's exciting. Of course, there are the infrastructural challenges in Nigeria in terms of power, which is why we're looking to use solar energy as much as possible in our production facilities. In terms of manpower, we have to spend a lot to train our staff in service delivery. And what is expected, customer is your king. If they are not there spending their hard-earned money, you will not be in business. So we have to spend a lot of time training them and constantly training them. It is not an easy environment to operate in, but we're enjoying the challenge. The regulatory authorities, they do not understand the concept of a craft brewery. When they hear brewery, they think of Diageo, Nigerian breweries. So they're expecting money to be rolling in through the coffers. So we spend a lot, that we spend time also educating them of what we're doing. With regards to the major players, we are not competitors with them. Mm. We, we do, we are part of a niche market in the beer industry that has not existed before. Nigeria is primarily a lager market, a lager being a, a style of beer, mainly European origin. And you have Guinness that makes stout Irish origin. What we do in Mature is 
we create various styles of beers, ales, pale ales, lagers, and stout using indigenous, indigenous um, spices and herbs. We are the premium side of the beer market. And do not be surprised when you find employees of these big players coming in regularly to enjoy battery beer. We are growing the industry rather than competing with them. And in future, there might be possible collaborations between us and them. It is not a competition at all. We are in an industry in Nigeria that hasn't been done before. This is the Thinking Reimagined podcast, sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership, and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams, and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement, and communication. Allied Empowerment, thriving in a sustainable and valued manner. Interested. Haven't listened to Prince. I mean, Baturi needs no more advertisement. Um, uh, we want to especially once again welcome our live stream audience on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on YouTube. Uh, you can also participate by dropping your comments. This is from Ronald Robinson, who says arts and culture release creativity and produce community harmony. I think he was referring to Dr. Amma's submission earlier. If Kevin is still there, I was just wondering seven years after uh, doing business in Nigeria, can you confidently say that Baturi Beer is um, a profitable company? So we we only really set up in Lagos uh, two years ago. So we're or just over two years ago. So we're still pretty young. The previous two years was COVID. Um, and in 2019, 2018 is when we did the pilot. So we've not really been around for seven years, although I've been brewing and experimenting with uh, Nigerian flavors since yeah, around 2016 um, to get started. Um, we've come a long way for sure. Um, as you said, from uh, an idea, a pilot uh, um, startup in Lagos and now going into an expansion plan. Um, our key goal is to grow the business uh, with everyone. So we're not looking at this junction to really be raking in profits and, and giving out dividends. Every penny we make goes back into the business to help it grow. So yes, we're 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 EBITDA or we're you know um, break even at the end of the day. We don't, but that's because we're putting everything we make into growing the business. There may come a time. Hopefully, there'll be a time when Prince and I can reward ourselves and put our feet up and say hey, let's take a nice dividend out, but that's not on the horizon at the moment. Now it's all about growing the business. We're still so small and there's so much to do that we need those uh, those incomes to grow the business. This thing stick time, but you know the future looks bright already. Let's bring Mr. Igoke back into this conversation. You know, there's the, there's the community development, I mean, community stewardship angle to, to sustainability. The uh, the idea of taking responsibility for the well-being of the environment, doing something to restore or protect, you know, uh, uh, the well-being 
of the space that we use. Usually, you hear resolutions from the UN. There are only, you know, global companies, you know, now have sanctions if they don't comply. But how do we make this uh, a cultural thing, particularly in Africa, where even small businesses can begin to, you know, uh, 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 weave community stewardship into the fabric of what they do. Yes, I, if you get I, I am um, Yes, another another really good question. I think that um, actually market trends happen. One of the things you, you I wanted to amplify that you said is that it's a mindset, right? And it is a mindset, but also the market trends are directing us there. So necessity, as they say, is the mother of all inventions, right? The tougher it gets, or that we're evading or eroding the planet, we have to think, we have to think innovatively, right? So think of the giants like a blockbuster, right? Blockbuster wasn't, as an entity, it was great where you get your videos um, from that, but a giant like that went down because it actually wasn't sustainable. It, digital was coming and they refused to shift in that. There's a funny story that apparently Netflix went to Blockbusters $4 million, right? And, and they turned them down, right? <laughs> Worst mistake ever. Toys R Us. Toys R Us is a giant, went down because it actually wasn't serving the community. But how does a kid, how does a toy shop that serves kids, kids are born every day, right? How does that go down? Because actually it's not moving with the trend. So ultimately we have to be looking and this is why we have to be inclusive because our mindset is stuck. The older you get, they, they, they say that once you, you hit 35, you know, I'm just shy of that. Um, you're, you're, <laughs> your, your natural um, ability to, 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 to be flexible, you know, because every decision you make is more or less set, right? This is why we have to employ, employ the young generation because they're flexible. They come up with stuff and their natural ability today, you, you speak to a young entrepreneur and they're thinking, how can we create an app that connects consumers and connects buyers and sellers? They're already thinking about the community. That's their natural mindset. So a lot of it is about us really imploring that collaborative nature so that everybody has a voice because there's no right or wrong answer. The, the Ubers who are the biggest car company or taxi company without taxis or the Airbnbs who are the largest <laughs> um, accommodation without actually owning the physical is the way forward. But guess what? It's actually putting money and it's sustainable because if I've got a spare room, great. I'm going to earn that extra cash by renting it out. So I, I, I think that ultimately we're shifting towards that. Nigeria, you know, in particular 200 plus million people saw a shift in the currency going to a thousand to one. Necessity pushes that, right, okay, we need to earn forex. Interesting question I wanted to ask um, Prince and, and, and Kevin is seven years or, or, or between three to seven years in business, 
what is your trajectory for exports? But before exports, what is your trajectory for inter-Africa trade, right? You know, what are you doing for the neighboring countries? Is that in your plan? Is that, because one of the things that we, we really push on the two, two pillars that the make up Africa sustainable trade is saying that there's not enough inter-Africa trade. It's easier to get from Lagos to London. There's currently about 15, 14 to 15% inter-Africa trade. Um, and we think that that's leaving a lot of money on the table because the, the numbers are 1% increase to 15 or 16% is $70 billion to the GDP. So what does it look like when we add 10% just inter-Africa trade? Um, maybe I can go on the, the export and trade and then Prince can come on on, on Forex because he probably has a lot more experience of that than me. Um, so there is, just to be quite clear, there is some technical limitations as a small brewery on, on how far we can export. All of our beers are made fresh and we don't pasteurize, which means that anything over you know, 10, 10, 12 hours in transit and our beer will start to not taste as great as it should. Um, that is changing. So we are buying a pasteurizer, which will make us adjust our recipes slightly to maintain that flavor, even if it's uh, transported longer and will then allow us to start looking at exports. So the reason we haven't done anything so far is just down to our production. And we still want to have a, the largest percentage of product remaining fresh and unpasteurized as well. Um, in terms of regional trade, we have had approaches from um, Ghana and um, uh, Rwanda and Benin, who would all like to take some of our product. Now, our challenge is that unless they're buying a whole container, we'd have to manage, manage a lesson container load. So that becomes quite costly. And when we start factoring those costs of shipping out of Lagos ports, it's actually quite expensive. So our current plan is to actually look at collaborating with the brewery in Ghana, where we'd actually export the raw material from Nigeria and then make the beers there. It would still be Nigerian ingredients. Um, a majority would be Nigerian ingredients, our branding and going out. So that's a plan for Ghana. In terms of export, we do want to look at, at the markets in London for the diaspora and the kind of craft beer community there. We have um, initial discussions going on with Dubai. It's another area that's looking for uh, new beers from, let's say, the African continent um, itself. And then there's also the Chinese market, which we have some connections with who are looking for very unique beers as well. And all those locations would be on a, a full container load being exported. So it's a good question. Like, why not just focus on exporting to to uh, Liberia, Sierra Leone, uh, Benin, Togo? But at the end of the day, you know, there's 200 million Nigerians that we need to get some beer to first before we would actually consider going into some of the smaller regions with probably Ghana being the exception because of a potential collaboration now. But that doesn't answer that big challenge you said about, you know, growing Nigerian exports. Uh, I think it is something that should be done. Sounds like we'd like to conquer Nigeria first. Yes, it and is important for us to, 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 to be able to conquer Nigeria, but I do think that there's added value when you can take it within the continent. And um, I think Yinko already mentioned this, that for Africa sustainable trade, increasing intercontinental trade is a key pillar for us um, because one, it adds value to, it helps with further investments, um, but it also creates jobs. Um, and, that, and that's a key point. You know, here we are in, we're talking about um, Baturi Brewery in Nigeria, which is um, 
very keen to hire regardless of the demographics. And I was actually really pleased that Venga talked about the fact that they have women employees there, you know, or team members. And one of them is actually the, uh, do you call it the master brewer? Um, I, I think that's fantastic. What do you call it? She's in charge of quality control. In charge of quality control. And I think that's well, fantastic. Future master By the way, She's a master brewer as well. By the way, did you know that um, women used to brew the alcohol in, you know, that, that's traditionally a role that women have held? Yeah, it was invented by women. So, Men just yeah, so what happened? What happened to all those women? Where are they? They've got they to do something. To... They weren't drinking enough. <laughs> The women went drinking enough or the men went drinking enough. But that's something yeah, that we should tap into. What, what happened? Now, um, I do want to say that um, one of the things that we're all talking about here is bringing the youth, you know, bringing the youth to the forefront, giving them a place at the table to participate um, in this economic um, expansion. I know that Africa Sustainable Trade, we actively have hired um, interns. We've brought in interns to work on our social media because they understand that medium better than, you know, Yinka and I and the other partner, Lumide. I mean, if you were to add up our ages, it's almost 200 years. Um, I hate to admit it. <laughs> so why not go to the youth? who come and tell us this is what is appealing. This is the content that should be out there. No, it's the truth, um, Nifemi. Um, you know, Andy looks like he just, what did he say? He just passed 30, she's just shy of 35. Don't buy it. <laughs> but, but I think, no, it's the truth. We, we must be honest. So Benka was going to say something about Forex and I, I apologize if I cut you off. Hmm. Well, the challenges of Forex are well known to everybody. I, I, I really don't have much to say at the moment because uh, we're still watching <laughs> the politics of government, the ups and downs of the exchange rate. Well, the, those are part of the challenges that we're facing in the country. But how much, how much impact is it having on your business? Because, um, you know, there are, you talked about government policies. Recently, you know, the government in Nigeria talked about approving some drastic measures to immediately reverse the current momentum. Um, I don't know if that's something you've started feeling or that um, has impacted significantly on the business. Well, in terms of um, forex needs, we do try as much as possible to use indigenous products. So our forex needs are, compared to a lot of others, are minimal. It does affect us in the inputs, but um, we use sorghum, which is a Nigerian-based sorghum malts that is produced locally. So our coffee, soap, all the things we add into the beers are locally sourced 
so we do not face the challenges that the big players face in terms of large forex needs. So in that regards, we are not as affected as they are, but it does affect us with regards to the hubs, the barleys that we need to bring in. But in the long term, we, we would hope we'd be able to source those locally as well, partnering with hydrophonic farming companies setting up here in Nigeria. All these things with proper government policy guidelines can be mitigated against. And these obstacles can be overcome from the forex angle. So one thing is certain, everyone, the fact that consumers around the world are coming into awareness of the health benefits of what they consume, the uh, environmental degradation. You know, people now want to ask how much sugar is in this thing I'm drinking or what impact will it have on my health subsequently? So businesses are also being forced to to the sustainability path. But in conclusion, I'll just ask everyone to, you know, talk to business owners in Africa who are feeling the the economic pressure, you know, of our, what appears to be our current reality and how they can explore the sustainability alternative and, you know, take advantage of the, the economic, economic opportunities that it provides. Who's going first? Can I just add very quickly that it is true that there is a pinch in Nigeria but we have to recognize that this economic um, challenge is felt everywhere in the world right now. It is not unique to us. It may just be a little bit heightened because of the forex issue um, in Nigeria right now. Indeed, absolutely. Uh, 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 who's going first? So consider it your closing remark as well. So make it um, as comprehensive and as short as possible. Thank you. Okay, I'll go since I'm... I think we, we were in full circle. I think that the difference in life is the mindset, ultimately. And I think that if we're open enough to understand that inclusivity and, and everybody has a point of view and everybody's point is valid, what we thought wouldn't happen is now happening and vice versa, right? So I think that if we work on the mindset of openness, I love the community with, with Baturi Beer. And I think that if I was sitting as your consultant, I would say, okay, what if we brought some people to train with you, for example, to understand the process? And rather than looking at export, you're actually looking at some kind of franchise model. They come and train, they understand how the process is, because there are lots of people looking for opportunities, right? Um, the, the clever, you know, um, the, there's probably another Kevin and, and, and Prince in Kenya, in Sierra Leone, in Cameroon, right? Who you can bring on and say, you know what, we'll work as collaborative, we'll train you, this is the process, this is what it looks like, this is the model. When we get that right, then you go back and we support that. I think that, the more open and radical ideas we can come up with, um, 
I think that's the future ultimately because we have the technology to support. We have we're truly in a global place, and I think that that's and and just to, just to 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 say one last thing, um, I can't emphasize enough that necessity really is the mother of all inventions. It's when we're pressured that the diamond is made, right? So I think Nigeria, the position that Nigeria is in, it's actually going to serve it. It's going to serve it to come up with new innovative ways that take us the next 30, 40 years. Awesome. Let me quickly take um, Peter Amon Boyu's message. It says, Baturi Breweries is a prime example of blending entrepreneurship with, un, uh, with environmental awareness through local sourcing, community empowerment, youth participation, and innovative products. They're shaping a sustainable path forward in the brewing industry. So I think you guys should just screen munch this. It will be a good quote on your website. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you, Peter Abbott Boyu, for sharing. Who's next? Well, I'm going go to ahead. say this. Oh, Kevin, go ahead. I just got my pen here writing down all these uh, quotes and tips from, <laughs> from the other participants. Uh, and I think the franchise model is something we would, we would like to pursue down the line as well. I'd love to see our signature beers like Black Gold being sold all over West Africa first and then globally. And our other beers, such as Lagos Lager, doing a, a Ghana edition, whether it was a Krat Ale or um, who knows what else we could come up with that would really reflect those local environments and local ingredients as well. For example, I was chatting to someone, I'd love to make a chocolate and groundnut uh, stout using uh, Nigerian cocoa and Nigerian groundnuts, but you could do that the same in, in, in Ghana as well. But yes, uh, to the, the closing point, times are hard for everywhere, but in Nigeria specifically, yes, our Naira is devalued against, and it's making our imports more expensive, but we know the fuel prices and everything mean our employees are, are finding it hard to move around and to face, you know, the cost of living um, has, has went up significantly. And that, again, puts pressure on us as a business to make sure that when they have needs that we can meet them, but also remain solvent as a business and continue forward. I would say that Baturi Brewery is here to stay. The amount of awards that we've won, the growth that we're going through is uh, phenomenal and it's amazing that the communities come and come round and back to us. However, it won't be an easy journey. We've got a lot of uh, tough months ahead, uh, but we're ready to expand and, and that's what we're here to do. So thanks very much for, for having us on the call today. You're welcome, Kelvin. Dr. Amma. So... I've been listening to the conversations today and so many things have crossed my mind. Um, you know, we may be speaking of Baturi Brewery, but the, the whole idea of sustainability or sustainable entrepreneurship is really echoed in today's conversation. It is not about selling beer. It's about the impact of that organization creating beer. It is going to have an impact on the community. It's going to have an impact economically. It's going to have an impact on the environment. And that is what we need to model for um, future entrepreneurs and for youth as well. Times have changed and innovation and creativity are really critical right now. Creativity gives rise to innovation. We need to change the way we package education. And I'm hitting on education today 
Because when you change the way you package education and you allow people to think outside the box, you're going to have greater innovation, greater creativity. Curiosity gives rise to all of these things. I think Yinka mentioned something about the mother of invention. Um, it could be a mother, it could be a father, I don't know, but we'll go with mother for today. Uh, <laughs> but the point I'm making is- Mothers give birth. Mothers <laughs> give birth, and I know, can you imagine me saying that? Well, you know, I like to be gender neutral um, as much as possible, but we need to encourage entrepreneurs to think outside the box. We need to encourage ideation. We need to find ways of supporting them, whether it's the women, in the MMS, MSMEs or the young people who have incredible ideas but don't have the support. Mentorship is important, sponsorship is important, skills building is important, apprenticeship is important, but we have to start to think as a community. And when you start to think beyond just yourself and you look at the community, then you can go beyond your community to look at the country, to look at the continent. Kevin has come to the continent with an idea and he has collaborated on that idea, which is now engaging a community of an intergenerational community. It doesn't get any better than that. And all of us need to start to think in that manner. What can I do and how do I collaborate and engage to make a difference, to have impact? And money will follow that, always does. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Amma. One major take home for me is that um, for a sustainable business. What is your major take home? Yes, for, uh, for a sustainable business practice, as an entrepreneur, you must, you know, continually look out for innovative ways to protect your environment, improve societal conditions, uh, come up with good services and methods that reduce the detrimental activities you know that we see all around us while also generating profits for <laughs> for the business so uh if you are curious about cultivating this mindset i'll just say listen to this podcast again maybe again and again and i'm sure that you'll pick one or two things that can help you through the sustainable way a big thank you everyone for being a part of this episode Prince Benga Oguntayo, Kevin Conroy, Yenka Oyegoke, Dr. Ama, and there's also uh, Peter Amon Boyo somewhere there who's been typing his comments um, through this conversation. Thank you, everyone. Do have a great time. Hopefully, you'll join us again in subs on subsequent episodes. I'm Nifem Oguntayo. Bye for now. Thank you, everyone. And thank please you. thank you to our audience. And virtual audience we really appreciate you thank you ronald who just sent a message about it's about jobs housing and building trade markets in africa thank you ronald for your for your for your participation bye for now namaste this has been a thinking reimagined podcast the executive producer is dr amma co-producer peter amman boyle the podcast is edited by Nelkan and it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoye. Thinking Remarchant emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. 
The views, opinions, and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of thinking reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening and we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined Podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com. Or you can follow us on social media and live abundantly eight. Thinking, Thinking reimagined, changing, changing the, mindset the mindset for a better global, global society. society.